This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, well, hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Hello. I have nothing to do with another. One doesn't have anything to do with another. Does it, James Mazel tov. That was for me. Well, yeah, because James is a member of the tribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of High Hopes. This is episode number three. We'll stop counting after a few, but just to review in case people haven't heard us before. John Marks and James Seltzer with our weekly Phillies podcast right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And, you know, James, last week we, we, we stood here, sat here, spoke here, and we knew Gabe Kapler was the Phillies' new manager. It had just been announced officially that day. But there wasn't the introductory news conference. There wasn't everything about Gabe Kapler out there. We saw some of the pictures. We didn't know about the coconut oil at that point. <laughs> um, and then he was introduced. But, uh, you know, it's just a kind of kind of full circle. Gabe Kapler, it's like officially set in. He's the Phillies' new manager that's going to take this team forward. Yeah, man. And I don't uh, know how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel good about it. I, a lot of what I said before still holds. I knew he was weird. He's super intense, man. He does not mess. He has that, like, kind of like, um, you know, like serial killer intensity, you could see. Like, I'm not saying he's a serial killer. I like Gabe Kapler. But, no, but uh, you could see it. <laughs> you could see it, you man. You could see it. And, uh, and, you know, Howard Askin bringing up the coconut oil, that was... An interesting uh, moment. All right. Well, as here's well. here's his personality. Here's what he said at his at his press conference. My personality is multifaceted, just like every other human being in this room. But I'll say um, I'm engaging. I'm warm. There's no question about it. I'm intense, and I'm passionate. Yes, he is about a lot of different <laughs> things. Hey, listen. I I am I am all for um, I'm all for guys that are a little bit. I don't even want to say different. He's an interesting guy. He's a very interesting guy, which I'm totally fine with. Mm-hmm. The whole coconut coconut oil thing that Howard brought up during the press yeah. conference and all that, like I don't, who I, cares? Yeah, I, whatever. It's meaningless to your life. It's meaningless, but it is interesting. His online activity between the blogs and the pictures and everything else, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a good manager. I guess is what I'm what what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely! It. Like a lot of people are weird and intense and whatever, and end up being really good at a particular job. I mean, we've seen you know Joe Madden is a really strange cat. Like, if you've ever, you know, seen Joe Madden really get into stuff and talk about things, like, he's a weird he's dude, He's a weird guy, man. Yeah. Like, he might not be as intense. He's more of a laid-back weird, which makes him maybe a yes. little less kind of, you know, off-putting or whatever. Well, you know what you call those people? Eccentric. Yes. Like, when you're cool weird, yes. you're eccentric. When yes. you're not, you're a weirdo and whatever. He's got the hipster glasses. Yes. He's got the whole yes. look going on. Uh, you know, Gabe Kapler is like... You know, in your face, intense and weird. But um, I also look. I, I understand. Like you hear that type of stuff, and it's like, who the hell does this guy think he is? But 
He's clearly in, insanely intelligent, which is something you want in a manager. He's, you know, seems to be, uh, and you know what? On top of that, like he wants to win, man. Like if nothing else, that intensity is going to be channeled towards winning baseball games. I mean, you know, the comment about John Middleton and bringing the trophy here, you know, which uh, I'm sure we can listen to at some point. But oh, we um, can listen to it right now. Yeah, let's play that one. All right, here it is. We're not going to leave any stone unturned to find our competitive advantages. We're going to think traditionally, and we're going to think progressively. We're going to mold those two things together. And all of this is in an effort to bring that effing trophy back to John Middleton. Back to John Middleton? Yes, for the first time back. I don't Uh, care if that was the wrong way of saying it. Well, let's break down how he speaks, first of all, because he's very caveman-ish, but very well spoken mm-hmm. and like perfectly structured, like each word. You know yes. what I mean? Like it. I felt like it. I we feel will like think it, progressively, and yeah, we it, will think traditionally. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Weird. It's a weird cadence. But he sounds like John Cena at the same time. Like a lot of the wrestling booger pickers out there yeah. were being like, he sounds like John Cena, which I, I guess he does. I don't know, but like. I could see that. I never. I'm not a wrestling guy, but I've seen John Cena in movies. Before. He's he just like it's, it sounds it's very prepared. Weird. It sounds very yes, robotic. Like yes. it doesn't. Yeah. Yes. I got. Yeah. Totally. It definitely doesn't sound like. Hey, we're just you know guys having a conversation. You know, shooting the you know what as it were. Like he is. Uh, you know, he's not. He seems like the kind of guy who's like staring you right in your eyes when you're having a conversation, like right up in your grill, and being like, "Hi, John." Tell me about yourself. I worry about this guy, though, if I'm being totally honest. Well, I think that I, you know, I understand that. I kind of had a feeling this was the type of guy he was to begin with. I think for a lot of people who might not have felt that way, this could be somewhat off-putting because it was a weird, like, it was a weird presser. Let's say that. It was a weird presser. All around it was. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, I mean, Howard Eskin asked him about coconut oil. There were references to, you know, things you do in the comfort of your own home. It was aggressive. Which, which he put out there oh, on, on yeah. a lifestyle blog. Oh, yeah. Half tongue-in-cheek. And then I spent a, a day trying to defend Howard because it was called by an SI writer as the, the lowest point uh, for the sports media, him asking that question. Wow. And, and more or keep, less, can, can we get over ourselves for a second here? The, the sports media has gone way lower than that. Way that lower game. than I this. Mean, and I think, I, felt, I think all Howard, like, and, and to, to defend Howard a little bit, it really was the elephant in the room among fans. I mean, what were we talking about? We were talking about the pictures and the bizarre blog posts. Someone had and to things ask about like it. that. I mean, the, the thing about the guys on the Phillies beat is they were waiting for Howard to, to, to ask it because they weren't going to ask. Good Someone market. had to ask it. Someone had to ask it. No, no. question. I Someone mean, that's because you, be, you have to give the guy, and even if Howard maybe, you know, was a little joking or whatever in his he way. He could have maybe phrased it he differently. He could have phrased it differently, like, but I, like you have to get an answer for that. Like I, you, you owe the fans the right to give, and not just that, to give the manager a chance to st- explain that because that's something fans are talking about. For him to explain it, and for Matt Klintak, I would have said to Matt Klintak, was there any any reservation based on the online activity of Gabe Kapler? Because let's face it, right? We live in a day and age in 2017. Like right now. I'm looking to hire a nanny to watch my two daughters. We're looking for an evening producer to work at the station. And people that have applied that are outside the company, the first thing that I do is I look 
look, Google I Google them. their name. Of course. And I look at their online activity. I look to see what they're doing on Twitter. Are they annoying? Do they tweet too much? What are the pictures? Are there any, like, I'm not going through every tweet to see no, if they're I, racist. I know what you mean. But I'm examining what they do online. As so, well you should. So to think that a manager of a baseball team, that you're looking to take your young team and to, to turn them into what, Charlie Manuel was able to do 10 years ago uh, to think that that shouldn't be examined to where he has multiple pictures online where he's in a speedo or he has his shirt off like not to say that disqualifies him but also the question of does did you have any reservations about his activity online isn't ridiculous and isn't a stupid question I think it's very valid no I think it's a fair question to ask but I also think that if you believe in a guy as a baseball man as a player development guy as a thinker, as an innovator, like you don't give you don't give a crap what he does online. Like I, as long as he's right. not like he's not writing posts saying you know like racist stuff or all, right. he's just saying like hey, this is how I like to and live my life. It's an easy life. answer. It's yeah. an easy answer by Matt Klintak to say like. No, we investigated Gabe, and we're very comfortable with yeah. him being our next manager. He's not like, a bad dude. He's it just got, weird. It got made a bigger deal of because Howard helped <laughs> helped do that, and he had tweets <laughs> saying about no, yes, not Howard, like, Howard. But the actual content and what he was trying to get out of him was, I thought, was very valid. And and like you said, like no one else really had the balls to ask it. And yeah. you know, Howard always has the balls to ask it. A hundred percent. So and he gets credit for that. All that stuff aside. I, I do have, like, when I say I have reservations about this guy, it has to do, like, his personality. And I, I'm trying to, I'm going to try, I'm trying to talk to Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe and ESPN about him because he, he's the one that nicknamed him the body however many years ago. And he has a very strong personality. Now, John Heyman, who is a guy that I respect as one of the good, the, the great baseball writers of, of this generation, right? Now, writing for Fan Rag Sports, he put something out there about Gabe Kapler and he had anonymous Dodger players in his article that were saying like you know everybody and I'll just read right from the article from interviews with people around the game Kapler who comes to Philly from his job as Dodgers farm director is a love him or hate him kind of guy and the word most frequently heard about his time in LA is polarizing one player said there was no middle ground between worship and unqualified in assessments of Kapler so either this guy's the greatest thing in the world or he has no business even being in the game Right, I mean, think about that. That that's pretty scary. Let me go on um, to to more right here. Kapler is admired by some, but also butted heads with enough Dodgers people to fill an entire roster. It depends on the source. Word got to the big leaguers that enough of them endorsed external candidate Dave Roberts, including Kershaw, Gonzalez, and others, to affect the process at a time Kapler was seen as the favorite of the Dodgers' bosses for their manager job. So in other words, the veterans were thought to push back against Kapler being the new manager of the Dodgers. That, that can't make you very—that doesn't make me very happy. Now that's a veteran team, right? Exactly. But still, no. And look, you know, I don't think you ever you ever want to see stuff like that. But if you want to kind of counterpoint it, obviously, like you just said, it's a veteran team. You're bringing them in to take kids who are literally rookies and second year players and young major league baseball players and try and develop them. Furthermore, like my point is, like if he was that polarizing, why was he the Dodgers had a player development? Why was he still a big part of that organization? Why was he still involved with it? It couldn't have been that bad. Like he couldn't have been that much of a disaster. Well, he's dealing that, with minor leaguers like, and not the want, major league guys. Well, he's going to be dealing with kids who are more or less minor leaguers now You're too. Right. For the You're most right. it's part, it's different. It's very different. He's it's not coming in situation. here with Jimmy and and J. Roll and Chase no. and those guys when they're already established. Yes, he's not taking over for Charlie. Exactly. He's so. going to grow with these guys. Let me go on though. Let me tell you this. 
Uh, it it's was not ideal. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, yeah, great. It can be assumed what they heard was decidedly mixed at best. That's what I found, too. One person who knows, knows him well said he found Kapler to be, quote, more persona than person. Another, a player, said Kapler was fine for him and that while he could see him blowing someone away in an interview, he frequently couldn't provide off-the-cuff answers and often responded by saying, let me get back to you via text. He was very scripted in this player's estimation. Gee, very scripted? Kind of like what we heard in the press conference, James? I mean, these are things things that, that are... Concerns. That are concerning. Yeah. That that there's either you love him or you hate him. Is that really what you want of a manager? No, no. But you also, again, like, look, I think that, again, to what I said before, he was kept in the organization. He's a highly valued person in the organization. They He wowed enough people to be considered the front runner for the job to begin with and second place finisher or whatever. I, I Look, I think you're going to hear a lot of stuff when anyone leaves town. We talked about this recently, you know, with uh, – uh, I brought up the example. We're talking about Jay Ajayi, you know, flipping it to the Eagles when, when you know, he leaves Miami all of a sudden. He's the biggest problem the locker room's ever seen. And, you know, Terry Francona, when he gets, le- you know, fired out of Boston, he's a pillhead. And this is a different situation because it's a guy getting managerial jobs. So, you know, you're, you're, you would likely hear more positive stuff. But regardless, I think this is a situation where, you know, I think they're swinging for the fences with this managerial hire. I think this seems like a guy who his high end is pretty Boomer high, bust. but he also could be a, a you know a disaster. It sounds like it sounds like the disaster potential is high, but also the ceiling is incredibly high. High ceiling, so, you know, it's like a really it's kind of a really interesting experiment. And he is really hot, and he knows it. What's most attractive and exciting is we have core position players all around the diamond. We have some really already successful young pitching. We have some bullpen pieces that in, in looking into them, I got really excited about. I looked through our, through our prospects in our minor league system. The guys that we have coming, extremely, extremely talented. And he's right. Yeah. He's right. I mean, he's he, right. he does have a lot to work with. I mean, this is, while it's not at like the Yankees job or even the Red Sox job or whatever, when you look at it, you could be going to a team that is a disaster going nowhere like I'm trying to think of somebody, somebody off the top of my head, or you could be coming to a team like that the Padres, <laughs> like the Padres, or I mean, you know the teams year yeah. after year that's just kind of like you know yeah. what they're going to be and they're, sure. they're going to be in, in the in the basement, but like you do have a you have a chance to grow. Like you don't need to win right away with this team. You need to win some, but you're not going to get fired if you don't win 90 games and take the team to the playoffs. Oh. And, that, and that's got to be a pretty good thing. Oh, 100. percent And look, I think it uh, it was a desired job. I think there were a lot of guys out there. Clearly, a lot of guys interviewed. A lot of guys who I think would be very happy to come in to be the Phillies manager, especially when you know uh, we don't really know enough about John Middleton to to you know make any grand proclamations. He hasn't been the lead owner that long here, but you know everything I've seen and heard from the guy I've liked. It seems like someone who wants to go out and win. Wants to build a championship team here, a guy who seems to give a crap, you know what I mean, from an ownership perspective. So yep. I think if you're hiring him, if you're coming on as a manager somewhere, that's something you look at. It's it's a good situation. It's a team with a lot of money to spend over the next few years, a team with a great farm system, a team with some guys already at the major league roster who are legitimate, you know, future players here. So I think this is a very desirable job, and I think that, you know, is makes it more interesting that Kapler is the guy they go with. But at the same time, that Dodgers job that Kapler theoretically almost got was was one of the highest profile jobs you oh, can possibly get as well. So, you know, I, I think that, again, I, I, you know, he's intense. He's kind of weird, but 
uh, you know, the younger players, if he's that's his specialty, if they're taking a guy whose specialty is minor leaguers, young players developing these kids, like that's the exact kind of guy I wanted in here. So I'm willing to give him a chance, especially if if there's you know that's kind of his upside. All right, let's talk about the let's talk, actually talk about some baseball stuff rather than coconut oil and whatever else because like now, now people and, and you, James, you heard about a lot of this in like September when you saw the fruits of the farm system come up and do very well. We're talking about obviously uh, Reese Hoskins and J.P. Crawford, and who knows what the team's going to look like in April. Maybe that changes by June. But regardless, you know what people were asking: can this team can this team add via free agency? enough to where they're they're contenders, they're wild card contenders, they're playoff contenders, whatever. Now, I saw Ryan Lawrence write something because John Middleton spoke last week, and he more or less said that, listen, we're, we're preaching patience. We know, like, if you look at the Astros, you look at the Cubs, when they were building, they didn't run out and try to make trades or sign free agent guys that were in their 30s trying to win. They more or less, to use the Sixers quote, trusted the process. They knew they were going to be bad for a couple years, and they were going to get better each year as they brought in these young players. And John Middleton was preaching that type of patience when he spoke last week. But then I see and, and I see rumors today by the dude from the Boston Glo- Globe, Carfato, Nick who's locked into the. Granted, none of the rumors have come true yet, for what it's worth. But he does seem to have a lot of Phillies rumors. This guy, but doesn't he? Does he just throw like the throw Marlins, the obvious it, against the wall kind of guy? It could be. I mean, he had, none of the rumors he's had have come true. Yet. You know, because he's think the about the Stanton it. guy, the Yelich guy, all that stuff. Nothing's happened because the, the Phillies have payroll. They have young players. Yeah, it's just an they obvious could, they could, fit, right? I, I Who can afford to take on Gene Gross in? Oh, the Phillies can. Right. No, it makes sense to throw because then you know when they don't get them, it's just only. I mean, you can't dispel that there have been rumors, but that's what. And I'm reading from our buddy Joe. Is Gilio that the here. rumor again? The Stanton Yelich one? Um, no, that'll be next week. <laughs> be yeah, but so uh, Carf, Carf, is it Cafardo? Nick Cafardo of the Globe says that the Phillies are among a handful of teams expected to chase Jake Arrieta. Chicago Cubs ace really? and Cy Young winner. His four-plus seasons with the Cubs produced 68-31 and 31 record and a 2.73 ERA. He struggled in the first half of this past season, but in 12 second-half starts, he went 6-3 and three with a 2.28 ERA. He should get plenty of attention in free agency with the Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, Dodgers, and Phillies, all likely to compete for a pitcher who will likely get close to $25 million a year, whether it's four or five years. That's the question. So, in other words, he has no hard evidence. He's just he's speculating. Yeah, and, and that I, like. I would be... I would be shocked, and I'm sure if it happened, someone will cut this and play this. James, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be floored if they sign Jake. I'll be floored, and I don't want him. I don't want him either. He's 31. He's a guy who, like, look, I really like Jake Arrieta. He's a good pitcher. He won me a a fantasy championship a year ago, and I'll never forget him. Uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, Thank you, Jake. You beautiful man, you. Um, But uh, he's 31. He's a guy who um, is a, a, you know, a, a power pitcher. You know, he we already saw him kind of how injuries can affect him. How you saw him break down the first part, yeah. first half of the season. Granted, picked it up a bit, but man, that's just not the guy. You don't want to. I don't want to invest anything like twenty plus million for someone over the age of thirty as a pitcher. Period. Like for for a long period of time. If I can get someone on a three year deal, fine. But that's not going to happen. So I'm looking at the top one hundred one ML. Like Darvish MLB. is out there. Obviously. Yeah, like like I was having this conversation with Jody. Darvish looks so bad in the World re- Series. Really, he wasn't good since he. He came over to Los Angeles. He wasn't really. He wasn't bad. No. He was certainly he wasn't, wasn't good. Great he spent all time year, on the DL. Really. Like he wasn't the same guy most of the no. season. Even when he, even when they traded for him in Texas, he wasn't 
the like last year, like Darvish he wasn't was the same guy. He was awesome. Like you he's know, like great stuff. He, it seemed like he had fifteen different pitches he could throw at you. Well, he's thirty-one. Yeah. He's a free agent, and I like Jody. Jody said to me, "No, he'll still get the same amount of money." And I'm like, "Well, he's not going to. Maybe he's not going to get that extra year." Like here, here's what I'm talking about. Maybe he, in in some people's eyes, Darvish hasn't cost himself money. But if he would have pitched great in the World Series. He would have seen his him his contracts go from five years twenty five million to seven years twenty eight million. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, he he cost. Trust me, he cost himself maybe some years and definitely some money. I like I I think probably I, I obviously this is something we can never prove one way or the other. I lean your direction. Regardless, I think he's going to get paid. Like, of course he is. Yeah, no question, he's going to get paid. But I think you're right. I like I, it's not that the bad performance is what cost him. It's the lack of a good. Per- like Correct. if he had just been fine, I think he would get what he was going to get. I don't right. think being bad is going to change that. But if he had gone out and pitched, you know, two gems and was your World Series MVP, yeah, he's definitely getting more. Well, and you know what we'd be saying right now? Sign him probably. Oh, maybe yeah. not. Uh, maybe not us, but you would Look get a lot he of just people. Did. That right. guy comes through with a clutch. Uh, so I don't want Darvish. I don't really want. I don't really want anybody. No, there are a few guys like lower end. Like I really like Tyler Chatwood. It's a really low end type of guy, but he's a guy who's been languishing in Colorado for the last few years and is literally just lights out on the road and awful at home. So like I like those types of guys where you can see a very clear, definitive. Agreed. Like, hey, he pitches in Coors Field and he's a breaking ball pitcher. Oh, his breaking ball breaks when he's in other places. There, it's flat and it gets hit out of the park a lot. Like I like that type of guy and I really like Tyler Chatwood. But well, well I, I think they're definitely like a Lance Lynn. Lance who, Lynn who has is become an interesting the third name. best guy on the Alex on the market. Cobb is a name eh. I like. I, well, here's the thing with Cobb. Like Cobb was really good, and then the ACL or not the ACL. I'm so used to football right now. The uh, Tommy the John. Tommy John. Thank yeah, that's you. That's the ACL of football. That's what, right? it's exactly Exactly right. right? <laughs> it's just like, oh, he'll be back in 18 months. He'll be fine. It's shorter, obviously, for the ACL. But um, I uh, I liked Alex Cobb before the injury. I thought he was fine this past year. It's still, you know, that's what they say with the Tommy John is that the, the, the velocity comes back quicker than the control does. It yes. seemed like he got better as he's went on. I like Alex Cobb. That's a guy I'd be willing to take a shot on. But I'm with you, John. Like, I like. If Tanaka opts out, maybe that's interesting. But he's another guy who, like, he's been brilliant. And also, he started the season awful, then finished great. He was he's one who was bad. great in the playoffs. But then um, he, uh, uh, he's he got that weird elbow thing where it's like, hey, like, he's going to need Tommy John someday. No, he's just rehabbing. He's fine. What? I would love Tanaka until they had him for five years at $25 million And he missed, like, a year and a half right yeah, in the middle. Yeah, his arm's going to fall no, off No, but, like, he had, a, he had good playoff performances. And you watch That's that. That's what and I mean. Like, he was really good in the playoffs. And you're like, you're, you're exactly right. And it's just, and it really is. It, it makes you be like, all right. And it's like it's it's such a it's such a fan thing to do because obviously the executive executives are looking deeper than just a couple starts in the playoffs as well or whatever. As well, they should. <laughs> let me let me give you one name that he, not a free agent, but it gives you like you were just saying. Well, I would buy this guy, or I would look at a lower end guy. Remember, Charlie Morton had four starts God, for the Phillies in two thousand sixteen. I love him. And I he got hurt. It, yeah. And you know what the Astros did? They went and grabbed him. They went and grabbed him. <laughs> and I think now he's the new Madison Baumgartner. Over two years, and he had a good year, and he looked really good in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he's the new Madison. He goes in and shuts it down for four innings to win the win. But could you he imagine if the Phillies signed him to that same contract after he had four starts? I really liked People would have burned Citizens I've Park down. I always liked Charlie Morton, though. Like, I... Mm, how good of a how good of a contract was that, man? Yeah, it was a great contract, and that that's the type of thing. I that, remember you they know, signed him, and I laughed like an do. idiot. 
Yeah. I did. I was like, oh, my God, who would uh, give that? Uh, see, I love that. And Klintak was right. Klintak was right about Charlie Morton. He was yeah, he right. Just, he was right, but but he didn't, wasn't right enough yeah, to resign well, him. It didn't help us out, I know. But still. But yeah, he was right. He was right. Sometimes you have to be a little bit lucky too. Yeah, you know you what I totally mean. Totally do. And, and and circumstance and all that has to play into your favor. And um, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. Charlie Morton certainly looks really look 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 great in the World Series, and I think he's a legit pitcher. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so. no doubt about it. He it, and it'll be interesting to see. Like, listen, I think you like Clentac better than I do. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm still a very much wait and see on him, which is fair. I'm not like you know you can't argue that he's he's great. Got a lot anything. to prove. A ton. He's got everything yeah. to prove. I just like what I've seen so far. And this will be a big like last off season. The the thought of getting these guys and trading with the trade deadline and like Buck Holtz was like, hey, we have the money. Why not try to get him? And maybe he turns into a gem. Like I get that thinking. Now it's actually time to get something done. Now's the time to go out and, like, Pat Gillick was able to sign Jason Worth. He was able to trade for, for Joe Blanton. He traded for, for Jamie Moore. They were, and that was a trade deadline deal. He was able to make under-the-radar moves that really, really helped his team. And I need to see Klentak do that. I need to see Klentak go out and sign a pitcher that's not making $10, $15 million a year and then produces. Like, I need to see a guy that you're that, – like, it's a smart – GM move, and that's what he's going to need to do this offseason. Because everybody needs pitching. It's not like you just go out there and, and oh, oh yeah. I want that pitcher, that pitcher. Everybody wants pitching. Oh, 100%. And, and again, I don't know. I think that they're going to be much more active next offseason than this offseason, but I, I'm with you. I mean, I think now is you need to see Klintag make some moves. I do still think, though, at least for one more year, we are going to see some of that model of finding a couple middle relievers who could be good for half a year and you can trade. Find a guy like Howie Kendrick who you well, can... Well, Nishak's a free agent again, so you can yeah. just hey, redo it. Hey, re-rack it, baby. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think we're going to also learn a lot with this game Kapler hire. I mean, that that's on Matt Klintag's shoulders. That's his hire. Like, you know, he is on the hook for that one. And, uh, you know, I think seeing how... Because that's a, an aggressive hire, like we've obviously talked about. So I, I agree with you. I think that we, we haven't seen enough from Klintag to judge him one way or the other. Other, I'm, I'm bullish about you know his opportunity, but now we need to actually see some tangible stuff, some stuff where he's making some moves that kind. Of, and again, I like the under the radar stuff with him. We've talked about this, but you know the the money to spend in the Dominic, you know, in the uh, in the uh, world draft or you know yep. that whatever it is, um, the um, international draft. international signing yep. money, um, like that type of stuff is like you know market and efficiency type stuff that I like to see. I like to see you know, general managers trying to figure out new ways to do things so um, it's a copycat world right yeah yeah but someone has to to come up with the idea first right and that's what you want yeah well and look they're trying i mean they are copycatting i mean they are trying to do exactly what the astros yeah but think about it the other teams have been doing that for years and 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 i heard ruben amara saying they don't believe in walks and things like that right god yes (laughs) oh man it's crazy all right so so what james what do you want the the phillies to do in the offseason i here's here's what i would like yeah they need two starting pitchers Right. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You, like you, you have to get guys, and you have to sign pitchers. You, you have, have to sign pitchers. You, don't you have can't any pitchers. trot out there with Ikoff and Lighter no. Junior. Nola, Nola, and all those guys. You got Nola, and after that, like I don't know, maybe Vinny, maybe Ikoff. I, I, I still, I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't, I, I just don't know what Vinny's going to no, give I you. No, I agree. I would, I'm saying I don't know. I, I, Ikoff, I think, I think I would still give Ikoff a shot, but he's got to be like your number five. Like I agree, you got to go out and get guys, whether it's Lance Lim, whether it's Ad Cobb, something whether it's was, something Tyler was, Chatwood. He he lost, and we know we he lost velocity, a lot of velocity, and he was the guy that was nibble, like kind of a half nibbler anyway. Yeah. 
And when you when you lose your fa- if your fastball is ninety two ninety three and now you're throwing eighty eight oh it's a huge forget difference. about it then he has but no I think confidence in it. But it was probably in partially injury injury related and stuff like that. It seems yep. like you know it, that could take change make such a big difference if your your back is a little off or whatever. Of course, you know so you compensate in other areas. hundred percent. And I I get all that. So here's what here's what I'll tell you. With the the pitchers that I like, I, I like Pavetta a lot. I don't know if he's. Oh, a, I like Pavetta I, I don't, too. But I, I think he's a bullpen guy. I think he's I an agree, eighth inning guy. I agree, but he's got stuff at least. Like but, you watch that guy pitch, and he can like he can make hitters miss. He can. No, he's he's wildly inconsistent. And what you hear from the people that are down the park a lot, and I was down the park quite a bit this year, is that he really thinks he's great, and he's kind of <laughs> like people just kind of roll their eyes at yeah. him. Yeah, Pavetta, um, Eichhoff. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know what to say. I agree. I don't know. I, he's going to be in the running for it. Eflin, same he, thing. I mean, they have a lot worse of, than Pavetta. I like Pavetta more than They Eflin. have a lot of guys that have potential and have good arms, but you don't know if they're ever going to put it together. Yeah, and they, and they have a lot of, like, guys. Like, they they're guys. just Like, Eflin's just a guy. He's a guy. Yeah, you can get you, <laughs> you, can, you can get guys. Yes. Um, what's another name I wanted to bring up here? Ben Lively. Another guy. He's a guy. But see, that's the problem is they have a bunch of guys. Yeah, well, that's the issue. They've had Aaron Nolan, they have a bunch of guys. Their, you know, all their dudes, as it were, are, are you know, 18 and 19 years old. That's the problem. Like, that's why they got to go out and sign guys. Like, they don't have any of those high minors guys or dudes, I should say, who they can bring up and, Not and in the high minors. be legitimate. Eshelman, right who won their, yeah, their that, pitcher of the year award in the a, minors. He's a guy. And he might be thing. a little better than a he guy, a but little, he's got he's guy fi- stuff. He's a fifth starter. You know what I mean? He's like a fifth. He's a four starter at best. Correct. Maybe he's Jamie Moyer. You know, what I mean? maybe he's that type of guy where you know he just consistently exceeds his stuff and consistently is such a smart pitcher and such a has such an ability to locate the ball that he can you know get by on that and and be very successful. But he's probably just a guy. All right. Before we mention the World Series, I did, and, I, and I've been trying to confirm this. And I, I can't confirm it all the way, but like today, this afternoon was the was the um, was the the deadline for minor league free agents, right? Mm-hmm. So if you and I'm going to read right here, um, and this is from Matt Winkleman who covers the covers the Phillies minor leaguers like nobody else that I've yeah, ever he seen. He does a great job. He, he doesn't he doesn't like me because he'll never respond back whenever I uh, really nah. No, I'm like I'm like evil sports radio guy. <laughs> a lot of the bloggers don't like evil sports radio, John. They don't know me as like I love baseball and yeah. whatever. See, I get my feet in both worlds. I can get by. Right. So <laughs> the the Phillies, the deadline was minor league free agents. You have to add them to the forty man roster to prevent them from becoming free agents. Sure. So you have the Rule Five draft that's coming up whenever. But so Carlos Tochi was a guy that was signed out of Venezuela when he's sixteen. He's now twenty two. He's been in the organization forever. And he actually has made it to AAA this year. He's going to be a major league player. He's got tools. He has no power. They've been waiting for him to like get a little bit bigger. He's he's going to be a, like a, an extra outfielder, decent defense, gets on base, but he's never really going to be anything great. They have so many outfielders in the system. So from what I'm reading, we're going to have to pour one out for him because they. From what I'm reading, and I can't com- confirm this, that he's a free agent because the, oh, the Phillies no. elected not to put him on the forty man. Oh no! Which isn't a surprise because they're crowded on the forty man. Oh with yeah. What they have to do. I, I mean, I'm fine with this. I'll pour one out for Carlos. Our friend Pat Egan though is, is going to uh, be devastated. He was a target, and I texted him when I saw it, and he, I think he dropped a thing of like apple juice yeah, on the ground or something. Yeah, no one loves Carlos Tochi's family doesn't love him as much as Pat Egan loves him. Yeah, no, um what do they what do they speak in Venezuela? It's Portuguese. 
Yeah, he learned to speak Portuguese just so he could read his uh, his Twitter. But anyway, is it Portuguese in Venezuela? I thought it was in Spanish. No, that's that's in uh, that's that's Brazil, uh, Brazil. is Portuguese. Well, it's Venezuela. It's not a, it's, it's Spanish. I would think so. I don't know. We should look this up. I'm gonna look it up right I now. I have to know this now. I'm pretty sure it's Spanish. Yeah, I might be an idiot. Brazil is Portuguese. Brazil is sure. definitely Portuguese. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other. But I mean, obviously Portugal. I'm very intrigued. When I was in Aruba for my uh, for my honeymoon, the ABC Islands. Ven- you're right. Like you can see Venezuela from really? uh, from Aruba. Oh, definitely. And you get a lot of Venezuelans to come there for vacation. And most of the women have large behinds, and they like to show it. That so sounds about right. Yes, there's uh, there's there's thongs. Uh, American Spanish, officially the. Let me see. American here. Spanish. I don't know what the hell that means. So Spanish. Recognize languages. Uh, indigenous. In, no, official language Spanish. There you go. Hey, I'm an idiot. I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I was thinking Brazil. It happens. I was thinking Brazil. All right, World Series. Yes. And what a, except for the last game, which was, you could pretty much figure, you watched the first couple innings, you knew what was going on. And we go back to Darvish, who uh, came up small. But, you know, the Astros, got to give them credit. It was the team that was like the, the SI cover for ha- from however many years ago. And you think SIs love publicizing that they, they put them on the cover in whatever year? Unbelievable. Almost calling their shot. They did call it 2017 World Series champion. They did. It's pretty amazing. But you saw how they did it, and it really is the template for what the Phillies are trying to do. Now, the difference is, and you look at what the Cubs have done, the difference is the Phillies don't have those type of young players in their system. At least they're not yet you don't see them. They're not developed. I mean, you look at what the Astros have been able to build. They and that's with taking Mark Appel, yeah, and over Chris Bryant. Over Chris Bryant. I mean, could you imagine with that? But uh, it's a they're going to be there for for coming years, and it's a it's a smart organization. It's a talented organization, and a move like Charlie Morton. They signed him when he had four starts, and he was coming off an injury. They signed him to a team friendly contract, and he was lights out in the World Series. Yeah, no, again, he's the new Madison Bumgarner. Um, uh, shout out to Jeff Lano. Uh, it's a great organization. They're really smart. They're really well run. And that's the thing is like, um, you know, they won the World Series, but they also stomached some of the the worst losing in baseball history. You know, I mean, literally in Major League history, they had three straight seasons of over 100, 100 losses. losses. They yeah. lost as high as 111 games one year. I mean, we were talking this year about, oh, hopefully the Phillies don't get 200 losses. And like, they barely didn't. I can't imagine 111 how much losing that is like it's exponential. Like it really does feel like that. I will. N- I, r- I will not be doing Phillies uh, <laughs> leading off and final out if they win. It's hard. It's hard. Retire. It's hard to lose 111. It's games. a long season. Yes, and they had a lot of those long seasons. So uh, you know, obviously, first in their history. Uh, really cool for for Astros fans. And but I mean, that's the model. I mean, that's kind of the like you said. It's a copycat league, and you know, it's it's really the model throughout sports. You mentioned it before. The trust the process. That whole thing. It's like really in every sport now for the most part i mean obviously football's a little different the browns that's what they're trying not doing it very well so far um but it does seem like the you know tanking methodology is really permeating throughout sports and uh and, and you know what it's easy to to quote well, it's, tank yes, you gotta, it's not really tanking yeah like in like in basketball you know in the, in football they don't tank teams don't really no, don't look, tank. i mean look what the eagles did I mean, like the Jets could have went with Christian Hackenberg. That would have been tanking. Instead, they were actually trying to win games because coaches yeah. want to keep their job. Of course. In baseball, you can be bad for a couple of years, and the manager's not necessarily going to get fired Truth. because you know how much – like in baseball, if you don't have talent, you have no chance. If you don't have pitching, you don't have any chance. Right? It's kind of like a football or a quarterback in football. But, like, yeah, like get young, 
You're not going to spend a lot of money on payroll. The Cubs did it. The Astros did yep. it. You're going to kind of strip everything down. Well, you need to hit, the, hit on the like you said. You need to hit on the picks. You need, need to, to you on. need to draft Carlos Correa first of all. Like Carlos Correa was not the the top prospect. Like he was not the guy expected to go no, number one. Nope. He went number one because he was willing to sign a below slot deal. They use so that, that money they could elsewhere. Use money elsewhere. And like mm-hmm. th- and Carlos Correa ended up being the best player in that draft. I mean, obviously he's a stud, but you also have to go and spend fifteen thousand in the Dominican Republic and get a kid like. Like Jose Altuve, who's that? five foot six. How exciting and, is he? I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I've I've said this to like everyone who'll listen, but I don't understand why he's not the biggest sports star in America. I mean, is he is five foot? He's five, He's like five three or five four. He's my reality. favorite. He should. He's be. my favorite non Philadelphia sports player. He, yeah. should, he really should be. He should be everybody. He's, he's the like 5'4", 5'3", 5'4", somewhere in that range re- in reality. And he's the best hitter in baseball. He like creates he's, havoc. Him and Mike Trout are the two best players yep. in baseball. He's 5'5". Yep. Five five, yeah, five he's four. a havoc maker. He is. I mean, we, we, you for a guy that, like, normally the guys that, that you wait to, to to go to the bathroom to come up and, and watch it for an at-bat are home run hitters. Mm-hmm. Altuve is a guy that you wait to see because he's just—he's so good. He's such a and like, he's that's got a baseball shocking player, power man. for his well, size, for his size which sure. is unbelievable. No, I mean the the amount of power he has for being five four, but he's just like one one big muscle. I mean, oh, like literally, he's like just, a little yeah. He's like uh, he's like a uh, Darren Sproles esque. A, you know, in a that Steve sense of like, Smith. Yes, Steve Smith. Exactly. Yeah, like, like yo, you could see him. You could see him smashing a ball four hundred and fifty. It's feet unbelievable for his size, but yeah, that's um. That that's that's the type of organization that I yeah. want. And then you know you George Springer and you just hit on your picks and you do things like like the intelligent things like draft guys below slots. You can spend money elsewhere and make the intelligent moves there. And and look, there's always a lot of luck involved. But um, you know they were built really intelligently and and the way they kind of were put together and the way they're managed and it's really from top to bottom. It's a really impressive organization. You know what they did? It's something very similar to the Phillies, at least in terms of their scouting and player development. They went. Out and they hired a bunch of guys who like write for baseball prospectus and like a bunch of like analytics guys like Kevin Goldstein. I used to listen to his podcast, his baseball prospectus podcast. Now he's like guys one of the that top actually guys follow the in amateurs. The Astros scouting department. Exactly. Like guys who actually follow this stuff and do this for a living and follow like write about it and talk about it every day. Like that's a, it was an inefficiency. They went out like they're but like I, I can't remember who tweeted it was something like uh every single baseball prospectus writer I worked with. Uh, is is on a major league staff now, and the vast majority are on the Astros. Like yep. it's like there's a reason. There are smart people everywhere. Go find them. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's end it on a little Gabe Kapler, best of Gabe here. If you look through the various posts, there is some tongue in cheek stuff that I had directed to players because I thought it it might make them laugh. Thinking through it, you know, there's some things that I might have written a little bit differently. Certainly, we all make mistakes, and but if you go back and you look at those posts, they were meant for, for health. They were meant to help people be more prepared and, and stronger. Yeah, and listen, coconut oil is a great lubricant. I, I went home and then I grabbed... Where do you it's meant get, for health, Johnny. Where do you even get coconut oil from? You think you get it like at any... CVS? CVS, right. Sure. Right Aid, coconut, I mean, Dwayne co- Reedy. Yeah, coconut oil, you can cook with coconut you oil. You can. Yeah, it's, it's a lot a of very, uses for yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of uses for right, it. Yeah, some you know, right, more fun than others. I bet you Howard went out and bought the <laughs> biggest. Know. He went to Sam's Club <laughs> and got coconut oil. You know, and he, he did. poured it in the bathtub and rolled around in it. 
He was so obsessed with that. He's still talking about it, Howard. I love Howard. Oh, it's great. He's great. It's All right. Great. That is High Hopes, James Seltzer, episode number three in the books. We will do this every week. We'll be back next week. And we're going to actually have to actually start like breaking down like a position or like the infield or the outfield or like pitching. Or- yeah, like actually some real like – Real baseball talk. Real baseball talk. We can't. We can't just talk about Kapler and and whatever we else. We could, so, but we're not going. Well, yeah, to. We, well, we could. We we're might. not going to. We'll, we'll, we'll mostly do baseball. We'll talk. mostly do baseball. There'll be some Kapler. In there. We'll have some fun too. All right. Thank you, everyone. Tuna, check us out every week. High host podcast. See ya.